The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to two hours of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Good morning, food lovers. Another delicious Sunday to you. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio along with Lana. We have a taste for life and we are satisfying your cravings this morning. This show goes way beyond mere eating and drinking. We are on a mission to find the most exciting places, new experiences, emerging trends, best recipes, cocktails, and more. And it's our goal to bring you the best interviews, products, and insight into the wide world of food. And we're so glad you've joined us. Two hours of delicious conversation and fabulous food start here and now. And we're always serving up seconds. And you can find the recipes spoken about on this show at Chef jamie.com. Good morning to you, Lana. Good morning. We have a very full plate this morning, so let me tell you what we are serving up. Coming up in just a little bit, modern southern chef Hugh Atchison, who you know and love from Top Chef, is going to teach us how to make boiled dressings. One of the great simplicities of the South, but one of the best, most flavorful ways to dress greens. And coming up later this hour, Sharon Stathers of International Collections. Those are the rectangular square style bottles that you find at Bristol Farms in your favorite supermarket, the nut oils, the seed oils, what to do with macadamia nut oil, how do you make hazelnut oil make your brownies taste even better? That recipe, by the way, posted at chefjamie.com. Sharon is going to share with you what to do with all the nut seed dipping and infused oils you have in your pantry. Also, coming up next hour, we are going to bring new life and spiced to Indian cuisine at home, Arun Puri. He is the chef proprietor of the award-winning Royal Khyber Indian Restaurant in Orange County at South Coast Plaza, celebrating their 30th anniversary. He's going to teach us garam masala and ghee and talk about the virtues of the nutritional boost of lentils. So if you love Indian food, please stay tuned. Arun Puri coming up at 9. A.M. And just after that, the brain doctor's wife is joining us. Would you like to be thinner, smarter, smarter rather, and happier? I would. And so Tana Amen is going to teach us how with brain healthy spices and recipes. She is Dr. Daniel Amen, the brain scientist you know and love from PBS's wife and a nutritionist herself. So we do have a full plate, and we hope that you will continue to listen. This is my culinary playground every Sunday, and phone lines are always open if you'd like to share your passion for food, 888-KFWB. 980-888-539-2980 if you believe that food is life and want to create and savor yours. We have an invitation for you. We hope you will come and join us to taste and learn and have some fabulous fun. Mark your calendars on Sunday, April 1st. We will be broadcasting live from Bristol Farms in Newport Beach with the Melissa's Produce Crew and they are cooking up a storm. We are going to kick off spring on April 1 with a live broadcast. So we hope you'll come out and join us. There'll be some fabulous food festivities going on after as well inside the store with me and I hope that you will come out. 
In addition to the live broadcast, we have a food photo contest to share with you. And these always seem to get great attention from our loyal listeners and food lovers. We know you take great food photos. There's even a setting on your camera for food photography today. And we know that for many who love food, we all sit in Facebook and Twitter and take pictures with our phones before we even dig into the dish with our fork, well, we want to see your best food photo, your travel food photos, so you can share them all month long in our new foodie photography contest. Go into your computer right now, search your last trip, be it the Mediterranean or Palm Desert, maybe it was New York, maybe you toured the South, and you have a fabulous food photo of that dish that was so memorable you can't get it out of your head. Well, we want to see it, and we hope you'll share your memorable food experiences through the imagery. Send us a food photo. The email address is live at chefjamie.com, L-I-V-E at chefjamie.com and the top three finalists will take home a $50 Bristol Farms gift card. Now winner need not be present but we will be announcing the winners at our live broadcast on April 1. So again, grab a photo from your collection from your last fabulous foodie trip and send it to live, L-I-V-E at chefjamie.com. It was a very delicious week, Lana, and we ate out a lot and definitely by choice because it was OC restaurant week mm-hmm. this week. That was my excuse for research <laughs> or as I like to call it. And it, we had a fabulous lunch. Thank you. Thank you to Jason Petrie, the chef at Pinot Provence for believing that a BLT could be more than just one B. Mm. His bacon, lettuce and tomato was only made better by the addition of burrata cheese. And we love the Italian burrata, ricotta on the inside, mozzarella on the outside. And man, was that good. That was the perfect sandwich. It really was. Crispy, Mm. crunchy, toasted sourdough bread, a good schmear of homemade mayonnaise, good applewood smoked bacon, not too thin, not too thick, nice butter bib lettuce, Oh, good heirloom tomato, and then this thick slice of creamy, oozing burrata. Pretty delicious. Also, we had a delicious dinner at Luca, and their food in uh, Irvine on the other side of Shady Canyon. It is an Irvine address. She's really fabulous. She makes an antipasti bar that's just brilliant, and it was so nice to see her so very busy for OC Restaurant Week. It's not too late to enjoy all the menus and recipes. You can still go online and find the restaurants that were participating, and then just continue to try a new one uh, every week so that you can explore the new opportunities that exist in the food world today. Coming up, St. Patrick's Day, uh, right? We're just a couple of weeks away from uh, what is going to be quite a party. It falls on a weekend this year. So we're going green March 17th. What will we find on your St. Patty's Day menu? People all around the world celebrate. Uh, It's the day you wear green, you toast friends, and of course you have to eat as far as I'm concerned. And it doesn't just have to be green food. You might not know what you're missing if you haven't been cooking with beer. And Lana, I love your ideas to honor Guinness for St. Patrick's Day. So uh, throw some out if you would. And by this coming Wednesday, we will post at chefjamie.com a new feature with all new recipes, the best St. Patrick's Day recipes that you'll be able to find. Well, after more than 250 years of making one of Ireland's most 
revered beers yes. ever. Guinness is almost as fun to cook with as it is to drink. I agree. There is no doubt. And there's so much you could do with it. Fried oysters in a Guinness beer batter. Oh, bring it is on. Is quite fabulous. Quite fabulous. I had a little cayenne pepper. To your it's, beer batter? Mm-hmm. Now, Equal parts. One cup all-purpose flour, eight ounces of Guinness. Okay, that's what I love about this super simple, easy-to-remember beer batter. And the moment you start making it, if you haven't made it before, you crave fish and chips every third night. It is the <laughs> ultimate simple batter to remember, and that is equal parts, a cup to a cup, one cup of your favorite beer, preferably Guinness or Stout, and a cup of flour, like you said, and then your favorite seasonings. And you can add in your spices or fire it up with a little bit of cayenne. And it just needs to rest on the counter for a few minutes. Let the bubbles dissipate. And then you have the perfect coating. But I'm a great corned beef fan. Yes, that you are. have to have corned beef on St. Patrick's Day. And I don't want corned beef to scare anybody. It's very simple and it doesn't require much fuss because corned beef, which is brisket cut, which is why I love it too, come already cured and ready to cook. And so if you're considering cooking a corned beef this St. Patrick's Day, please go to Bristol Farms because they offer what I think is the most tender, flavorful corned beef we have tasted. It's USDA choice. It's definitely more tender. It's got a better trim and it will be offered on special at $5.99 a pound at Bristol Farms through St. Patty's Day. Mm, And it's a delicious corned beef. And if you do cook corned beef now we'd love to know what you cook yours in do you add the the pickling spice to add extra boosts of flavor i cook mine in guinness because Mm -hmm. water has no flavor we know that so why not use beer and we have a wonderful recipe for a guinness spicy mustard it's very easy to make your own mustard with the mustard seeds and Guinness and some red wine vinegar and spices. So if anyone wants the recipe, we will post we that. We'll have it, that for them. Again, on the web at chefjamie.com. That is a great recipe. It's very impressive to say you made your own mustard. Mm-hmm. I love that. And one other thing, but you could go right home after work and do this, A uh, but it's Saturday night. So this could be a Friday night Guinness marinated steak sandwich. Oh, baby. Yes. Okay. Just flank steak. Right. Some large slices of red onion and your steak. Throw it all into a bag with a bottle of of Guinness. Love that. And just like Coca-Cola on a ham, the carbonation in the Guinness does tenderize the meat. So consider buying a less expensive cut here, something really flavorful like a butcher's cut, like a hanger steak. You could buy a skirt or even a flank Mm -hmm. and you'll get really fabulous flavor and really great tenderness. Mm -hmm. And all you need is the simple marinade of opening up or opening a can of Guinness. And don't forget that these recipes call for bottled Guinness extra stout. Right. That way you'll get a much richer and savory flavor than the can or the other kind of bottle. Right. And all of them are available at Bristol Farms. You can find Mm -hmm. Guinness Black Lager. You can find the can. If you're drinking Guinness for St. Patty's Day as your celebratory uh, drink, I suggest the Guinness Drought, which is a canned drought, and it's served from a pressurized container. It contains that widget that when you open it, gives you the same effervescence as if it were taken from the tap. So that's a great one. Uh, There are lots more St. Patty's Day specials and recipes coming to you 
today and next Sunday and on the web at chefjamie.com. I want to make a quick mention and thank Alyssa for an email she sent. She met our friend, Chef Bruno Serrato, the owner of Anaheim White House, this past Tuesday. She listens to the show and she knows about Bruno and the Boys and Girls Club and his incredible dedication over a million dollars donated to the Boys and Girls Club to benefit kids in Anaheim who would, without Bruno, go without a meal at dinner time. He feeds uh, pasta and Italian food every night he has for the past five plus years. Well, Alyssa, at her sixth birthday party, per her email, said that instead of gifts, she asked all her friends to donate $5 to bring for Chef Bruno. And this past week, she went and she donated $400 to Bruno's Caterina's Club. And he sat down at the table with them and fed the kids pasta. She said she had a wonderful time and that it felt a lot better than getting toys. Alyssa, we congratulate you. We love your passion and your fabulous food. And uh, we thank you for listening and to your mom who sent the email as well. As the delicious conversation continues, you too can make a difference. Just stay tuned. You'll have a better, more fabulous tasting dish on your table tonight. You're listening to KFWB News Talk 980. Chef Jamie Gwen, be right back. It's eating and drinking like you've never done before. Chef Jamie Gwen with Lana in your radio. We have the best culinary thinkers on this show, and his new book is making a great hit in the cookbook world. He is Chef Hugh Atchison, and the book is A New Turn in the South, Southern Flavors Reinvented in Your Kitchen. He is the Southern restaurateur who has combined his French classical style and great Southern dishes. And you heard him just recently here on the show. We got lots of wonderful response, Chef, about boiled dressing with requests for a 101 lesson from you. So we're so glad that you've come back. Welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me again. <laughs> it's a year of learning, of culinary education on this show. And so you're kicking it off with a master lesson. I'm going far beyond the 101 now uh, oh, on right. on boiled dressing. And let's talk <laughs> about boiled dressing first and foremost. It's not actually boiled. It's heated in a in a double boiler per se and it is very traditional to the south. It's it's really been a recipe that I've seen in cookbooks that were written over, even over 100 years ago in in like Mrs. Dole's Southern Cooking. Um, and it's just a, it's a great classic southern medium so you can flavor it in different ways and it's going to come out remarkably similar to a caesar style dressing or something like that um but it's because the egg is is, is custarded and fully cooked there's it's all safe it's all great and, and it's just really fun to do so you start off with but it's rel- relatively high acid so i like to pair it with richer proteins and things like that it goes well with poached chicken and things like that yeah and you put it on your on your blt salad which i i can't imagine anything better than bacon and boiled dressing and lettuce and tomato good heirloom tomato oh, i love it right and that that's a it's a great pairing and uh, but right now in this year i'd probably do it with you know just a, a roasted turnip salad with poached chicken and maybe some brussels sprout leaves uh, and beautiful arrangement on the plate with a little layer of boiled dressing on the bottom of the plate would be really, really good. Oh, nice. Okay, so tell us how to do it, please. So we start off with a really good vinegar, and uh, we're going to make a, a whisk together egg yolks and vinegar and a little touch of sugar. I'm not really fond of sugar and savory aspects of food, but this benefits it a little bit. It just cuts against that vinegar in a nice way. And some mustard powder. 
and then a little tin, tiny pinch of flour and a little cayenne. And we're going to put that in a little double boiler and just really cook that out and just over medium heat, medium low heat until it really custards out beautifully. And then we're just going to drizzle in a little bit of, uh, of heavy cream and whisk in a little bit of butter and creme fraiche. Oh. And then thin that all down with a little bit of lemon juice. And then we're pretty much done. You know, you can in, then you pull it off the heat and you can it'll keep good in the fridge for about a week. You can always thin that down with a little bit of water if you need to. You can reflavor it with different spices or different herbs. It worked really well with fresh tarragon. Tarragon's one of those spices that's pretty assertive, so you want to use oil herbs that's pretty assertive, so you want to use it in moderation. Um, but you could do all sorts of different things. Smoked paprika would work really well. Some uh, just chopped up capers or gherkins oh, or nice. pickle. Something like that would work well in it, too. So it's, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those dressings The more can be used as a in the salad vernacular or as a sauce for a fish or a meat and things like that. It's very versatile. I, I happen right. to love a boiled dressing. The way you the, that you describe it and that you make yours, you don't think it's getting any better after the butter, but then comes the cream and then comes the creme fraiche. And how could it be bad? The beginning of it, though, is very much steeped in the French classic as you speak about much of your cuisine because that, to me, sounds like zabayon. It, yeah, exactly. It's pretty much a savory sabayon right. uh, in, in, in the same way. And then we go to Italy and we have zabaglione. So, you know, all these things have very European roots to them. But, uh, you know, and I don't know exactly the, the, the point in time was that the, this technique got brought over to the States and used in the South to make this. But it's just, it'd be an intriguing research project. Yes, and one that I think every great cook from a recipe standpoint should master. Chef, may we share this recipe on the website? You definitely can. Thank yeah. you. We would love it. You will find Chef Hugh Atchison's boiled dressing recipe as we continue our culinary education of 2012 on the website at chefjamie.com with a link so that you can add a new turn in the South to your cookbook collection. Luxuriously rich. I have to tell you, I can't wait to make a batch today of boiled dressing and put it on just about anything and everything. There's a great recipe of yours, in fact, on the Food and Wine website, Hugh, that actually pairs your boiled dressing with a grilled vegetable salad, which for the summer season, I can only imagine, would be spectacular. Yeah, that 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 is a great recipe that we did for for Food and Wine a while back, and so that you can do that too. That's that's the flexibility. Food should be building blocks, little Lego pieces that you put together in different ways. This is just one little Lego piece. Great analogy. Food should be perfectly paired with wine as well, which is not the toughest feat. And perfect is, I think, a a word we should use loosely. We found some wine pairings for southern cooking of yours, and I'd like just to take a moment to mention a few of those. I, I love your pairing of collards and beans, which we talked about at Christmas, which we can eat throughout the year, right? Right. Because everyone needs luck all the time. Um, and you paired a, a Beaujolais um, with this, you know, rich sort of porky flavor. And I, I love the contrast of that pairing. Yeah, I mean, I think Beaujolais is just uh, it's such an amazing area. And the Gamay grape is just so cool and interesting and we just need to get past this Beaujolais Nouveau idea. There's a lot more to Beaujolais and true Beaujolais than the uh, than the November release in plastic bottles of, of Beaujolais Nouveau. So, yes, we hear you. We yeah. hear you, definitely. And then just leave us with your perfect pairing for fried chicken. I love the idea of a dry German Riesling. You say it would be awesome and I agree because oftentimes you do see a heavier white paired 
um, with chicken dishes, and it doesn't apply here. Right. I mean, when we're talking about really dry, uh, almost grossest gavak style Rieslings, like a big dry uh, Riesling, it, they're so complex, and they'll match up with that, and they'll cut into that richness of the fried chicken. Mm. That either rosé champagne would be also awesome. So those are two fun things to pair with. Okay, I'll, I'll toast to both of those and to you. The book is called A New Turn in the South, and he is Hugh Atchison. When you're in Athens, Georgia, please visit his restaurants along with his in Atlanta as well, and be sure to watch him as a judge on Bravo's Top Chef. We look forward to having you back again, and we thank you for the instruction and the culinary inspiration, Hugh. Well, thanks a lot for having me, Jamie. It's awesome. Yes, and a pleasure, as always. You'll find excerpted recipes for our chef's boil dressing at chefjamie.com. Add this cookbook to your collection and continue to listen as there's more culinary conversation in your radio. Be right back. Every Sunday, this is your culinary playground, a place for those that love to eat. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. If you're a discerning home chef, then this morning is the perfect conversation for you. We're talking about the applications, unique qualities, and nutritional benefits of all of the flavored, infused nut and seed oils available on the market today. In my opinion, the best products in this category come from one of the largest edible oil producers in the world with over 100 years of experience. Sharon Stathers is the export manager and our good friend from International Collection, the award-winning brand that makes superior tasting oils. And this is a conversation about how you can incorporate this fabulous flavor and the unique qualities and health benefits as well to these bottles of oil into your cuisine. Sharon is live from just outside of London, and we're very glad to have you, especially on the time difference. Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Chef Jamie and Lana. <laughs> it's nice to have you back again. Uh, there's always something new and wonderful with the International Collection line, and sometimes it's a product that you've been working on for some time, but new to us. And just this past week, we cooked with the Chinese stir-fry oil, Sharon, and I loved it. I think that this is a wonderful way for the home cook to use a single ingredient and really incorporate f- fabulous flavor. So let's start by talking about your Asian oils. Yeah, the, uh, there's a number of, number of Asian oils to choose from. The Chinese stir-fry is a classic combination of flavors, garlic, ginger, has some toasted sesame oil in there as well. And as you said, Chef Jamie, it's all in one handy bottle. So it's very quick and easy for the home chef to create a delicious, authentic taste and recipe at home. It can be used in a variety of ways, um, from drizzling over some steamed vegetables, Mm. drizzling over noodles, or even just brushing on um, chicken before grilling. So there's a a lot of different ways that you can utilize the product. We also have a a Thai variant in the range and a fiery sesame oil, which includes some chili as well. But our number one selling um, Asian oil is just a straight um, dark toasted sesame oil. And the toasted sesame oil that you make is distinctively different than so many that you can buy in the Asian supermarket. And I happen to love to shop at ethnic markets, but I find that the quality variance is amazing. When we're looking for a sesame oil, what is that level of quality that you aspire to? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very dark oil. It's a pure toasted sesame oil as well, which is very important and very aromatic in flavour and in and in its smell as well. It's just a wonderful smell that fills the kitchen when you're actually using that product. Yes, it does. It really matters where the seeds are sourced from when it comes to all of these nut and seed oils, doesn't it? It does indeed. I mean, we, we only work with the finest producers of the seeds. We have a very high specification to what the oil has to meet before it actually comes in. And here are some ideas for toasted sesame oil. It's not just something to cook with, although you can. I recommend that these intensely flavored single seed or nut oils be used often at the end of the cooking process so that you retain the flavor and the aromatics of the oil. So while I like to cook with sesame oil, and you can start with it, although the flavor does dissipate from the heat and cooking, I like to finish with it. But very simply, Sharon, the best thing to do with your toasted sesame oil is to drizzle it over warm Asian noodles, throw in a big handful of finely shaved thin scallions, and Mm -hmm. I think that you just have this beautiful simplicity because the sesame oil heats up from the heat of the noodles and almost opens the pores and the sesame oil soaks in. You could make a great peanut sauce with the sesame oil just by mixing peanut butter, sesame oil, ginger, garlic, Mm. and scallions and take it to the next level too. But I like that just very simple noodle salad. Absolutely. And because of its dark color as well, I think it's a great finishing oil in terms of plate decoration as well, which can be used in Asian cuisine too. Great idea. Oh, I love that. Okay, so we're using the color inherent in these oils to create a drizzle, just like you see uh, Batali and all the great chefs. He happens to be one, Uh Lana, that uses a lot of finishing finishing oils. oils. And I think that he sets a very good example. I'm asked very often, Sharon, especially standing in the oil uh, aisle at Bristol Farms. It's amazing. I don't even have to put a chef's jacket on, but I do get asked cooking questions. (laughs) And, you know, standing in the oil section, if I'm choosing an international collection oil at Bristol and you should look for international collection oils at your favorite supermarket, I have been asked by other shoppers, oh, how do you use that? And so many of us watch the Food Network diligently and we're diehard fanatics, and you watch the great chefs finish with oils, or you go to a fabulous restaurant and you see beads of oil on the plate, it is not just your normal average cooking oil that finishes a salad, that finishes a risotto, that finishes a stir fry. It's a specialty oil that's used because of its flavor, because of its aromatics. It's really very important that that oil be of high quality. Absolutely. I love the idea of the Chinese stir oils because they're infused with flavor. Your dipping oils are that as well, uh, oil-based with this big burst of basil or sun-dried tomatoes or a splash of balsamic vinegar. This is one of Lana's favorites. If you put mm. out bread on the table, mm-hmm. she always has a bowl always. of international collection basil and sun-dried tomato oil. And you know, it looks very impressive, Sharon. We've been known to say we made it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, no, we won't tell no, anybody. I won't do that. That's, that's our secret. Oh. But no, they are, a, they are a fabulous range of products. There's, there's three, in, three in the range. 
and as you said, a basil and sun-dried tomato, a garlic and chili, and a balsamic and Italian herbs. Mm-hmm. And um, the unique thing about these oils is that the base oil is 100% olive oil, and then we use um, freeze-dried herbs, which means they, they look great as well as tasting great, so the basil is still very fresh and green. And just uh, they're, they're imparted with different herbs and spices and flavors, and they really are just bursting out of the bottle. And in addition to dipping with them, you can use them in so many different ways as well. So from creating a homemade pesto, bruschetta, mm. marinades, dressings, drizzling over sliced tomatoes, mozzarella salad, so many ways just not for dipping. I like that idea because, mm. you know, Emerald taught me a long time ago that the water that you take from the sink has no flavor. And so we use chicken stock or vegetable broth or you infuse flavor any way you can. And if you're going to make a pesto or a bruschetta, like Sharon mentioned, or a tomato sauce, why not use an oil that's already compounded with more of the inherent flavor of what it is you're making? So uh, tomato and mozzarella salad. With that sun-dried tomato, basil, olive oil. Mm -hmm. And last week, I marinated a whole fish in it (gasps) and threw it on the barbecue. Oh, yes, she did, Sharon. It was outrageous. That's one of the other things with your infused oils that I think really adds a whole new dimension of flavor is using it at the end of grilling. And we're coming into spring here, and then summer will be here before we know it. That's a really good way to use them. Just, you know, when you've taken the food off the grill, just drizzle nicely with some oil. Again, the garlic and chili one is great for plate decoration because of its nice bright orange color. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only does it add, add some wonderful flavor, they can add some wonderful color as well to the dish. I really like that idea. We mentioned 100% olive oil and the fact that you use an authentic, uh, very high quality olive oil. And this leads me to question you about grapeseed oil. It is getting more and more attention in the marketplace. We know that it has a very high smoking point and that it doesn't contribute much flavor. And it really is about this very neutral oil that it's getting so much attention. Yes? Yeah, absolutely indeed. It's a great alternative to standard oils for frying and sautéing because Mm -hmm. of its high smoke point and because of its neutral flavor. We are aware of a lot of chefs using grapeseed oil when they're sautéing seafood or fish because of its delicate nature, it doesn't overpower the flavor of the food. And the fact that you can heat it to a high temperature is a great plus point as well. It can also be used in sweet applications, so pancake mixes, chocolate cake. So it has a variety of different applications there. You just heard Sharon Stathers mention how to use grapeseed oil in chocolate cake. I can do one better. International Collection Hazelnut Oil in your chewy chocolate brownies. More after this with Sharon Stathers of International Collection live from just outside of London. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. You wouldn't dare touch your dial now, would you? We're feasting on hot topics and devoted to fabulous food and fine wine. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio along with Lana. You can find the recipe for the chewy chocolate brownies with international collection hazelnut oil on my website at chefjamie.com. And I will lead you to internationalcollection.co.uk as well for a wealth of recipes. We're talking about the brand that offers discerning home chefs an array of mouthwatering products from seed 
to nut oils to flavored oils and dipping oils available at Bristol Farms in your favorite supermarket. This really sleek square bottle with the black top and Sharon Stathers of International Collection is live with us from just outside of London and she's sharing her insight. The nut oils, Sharon, are are more than just to make a salad dressing with. Although that's really when I started in professional kitchens back in the uh, early to mid-90s, that's what we used the most for. I mean, they suit just a wide variety of, of different usages from cooking with fish and seafood, mm-hmm. poultry, meats, and the cold applications, and of course the sweet applications, you know, just like the chocolate chewy brownie that you mentioned before. Okay, so let's get a little nutty. You can choose the hazelnut oil, which when you open up the bottle, has this beautiful nose of nutty toasted hazelnut and if you thought that it was just to make a great vinaigrette which by the way it can be and what I like Uh about the nut oils is that you want to blend them you don't usually want to use a hundred percent of a nut oil in a dressing so let's say it's a champagne wine vinegar as the base you're making a champagne vinaigrette right I always suggest one part vinegar to three parts oil that is the standard French equation quote unquote, for a vinaigrette. So you start with, let's say, two tablespoons of champagne wine vinegar. You could do this in the blender. You could shake it in a mason jar. I like to add half a teaspoon of Dijon mustard and the equivalent amount, half a teaspoon of agave or honey so that you sweeten it up. You get the acidity of the Dijon and you shake it up or blend it up so it blends with the vinegar. Then you're going to add three parts of oil. So that's six tablespoons total if you're considering one part to three parts, right? I would use half grapeseed and half nut oil. And the hazelnut oil is beautiful here. You could use macadamia nut oil as well. What other nut oils, Sharon, could we use? You could use the walnut oil as well. Oh, and nice. sometimes I think combining them with the sherry vinegar is a nice combination too. Oh, I love that idea. And the sherry vinegar as well could substitute for the champagne wine vinegar. So again, if you were using three tablespoons of vinegar, you would use six tablespoons of oil. So it's a a three to one ratio. Now the hazelnut oil is not just for a vinaigrette that I just taught to make for those out there. Great cooks. You knew how to make a a delicious vinaigrette. We're only making it better. If we want to bake with it, the hazelnut oil, the macadamia nut oils, these can all be substituted for vegetable oil. They can indeed be substituted for vegetable oil or substituted for butter as well, which then makes it a much healthier alternative to cooking with, with, with a butter product. And that's what we did. We tasted this recipe at the San Francisco Fancy Food Show when we saw you last. And this is a great alternative to cooking without butter. So we used the hazelnut oil when we came back to test the recipe. And they are so delicious, Sharon. There's this nose of hazelnut. The brownie is crazy delicious, chewy. Lana, you loved it. Mm, And they froze they, the leftovers, I don't know how anyone has leftover brownies, especially in my house, but we had some, and they froze really well, Sharon. That's very good to hear. There were certainly no leftovers at the fancy food show, though. No. <laughs> we, None. We, know, we know not. Um, let's talk about <laughs> seed oils, Sharon, because they are all the rage. We know about the omega benefits of flaxseed, and you make an outstanding flavored flaxseed oil and some that are infused with additional flavors as well. We have a, reg- a regular flaxseed oil, and um, what's unique about our range of flaxseed oils is that you actually find them on the shelf, not in the refrigerator. So that's a, an alternative place for people to find the product. 
We have two flavoured products, as you mentioned. We have a lemon-flavoured and a cinnamon-flavoured product as well. But all of the flaxseed oils are absolutely fantastic products. Can be used to be taken just off the, off the spoon or can be used in combination with a, with a recipe. So smoothie is the way that we feel the flaxseed oil fits particularly well. So creating bananas, strawberries, yoghurt, orange juice and some flaxseed, flaxseed oil in there is a great way of getting the omega-3 benefit each day. Yeah, totally bursting with omega-3s. We know that there are continued health benefits to flaxseed oil that no one can deny. I love that it's cold-pressed and shelf-stable. Yes, and I agree with Sharon. Mm -hmm. The benefit to the International Collection of Flaxseed Oil is it does not require refrigeration. And you know what I worry about, Sharon? When I leave the health food market, because I'll shop for some homeopathic products, my vitamins at a local health store near where we live, the uh-huh. the fact that the flaxseed oil needs to be kept in the refrigerator at home doesn't bother me as much. It's the fact that I'm never going straight home from that store. So if right. it's kept refrigerated up until that time, and then I really ruin the process by then because I have three other places to stop and I get caught up somewhere and it's four hours later, I would much prefer to have the peace of mind that the flaxseed oil is stable and that I'm still getting all the health benefits without having to worry about it. And I think also as well, consumers who are shopping the oil category mm-hmm. see the product on there. They're maybe not shopping the refrigerated section. So that's another that's plus me. point as well. Exactly. I think we're kind of targeting consumers who maybe wouldn't necessarily buy that product purposely. So that's a, another great point to mention as well. There's also a hemp seed oil uh, that I find so interesting because um, hemp products are growing in popularity here in the States as well. Everything from using the hemp as a fabric to ingesting the hemp seed qualities. Do you sell a lot of it? We sell quite a minimal amount of the hemp seed oil as it's quite a specialist oil in comparison to the the flaxseed oil. You know, it, there's, there's no there's no comparison whatsoever. Flaxseed oil is a is by far the, the the biggest selling item within that particular range. But it is a growing, interesting sector as well. Again, the hemp seed oil is cold pressed, and I must point out as well that the flaxseed oil and the hemp seed oil, the oil originates for both products actually from the UK. So we're using local farms in our area produce these oils for us. I have to mention, and I think that's very impressive, Sharon, that your company is very diverse. If you go to internationalcollection.co.uk, we will have you using your international collection oils for more than just cooking because this show is about lifestyle. Lana, when we get off the air and get back Mm -hmm. uh, to our Sunday, I will tell you, I can't wait to make a sweet almond oil scrub. There is a body scrub on your website, oh, Sharon, that. that uses the almond oil. How cool is that? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the products can be incorporated into beauty treatments. And I had an email recently from a lady who uses the almond oil as a facial moisturizer. And um, we also actually export this line of products to Japan. And in Japan, one of the primary uses for a lot of these oils is actually personal care. So there they make a lot of handmade soaps themselves and moisturizers and the products are an ingredient as part of that. That's fabulous. So sitting here in the studio, I'm going to moisturize my lips with a little bit of macadamia nut oil, if you don't mind, (laughs) and enjoy the beauty and the virtues of the flavor and the aroma. And you too can enjoy a product that we've really come to know and love, Lana and I, and we've gotten to know Sharon and this company and 
and will tell you that they are very proud of the quality and I encourage you to try it. We are always bringing new insight, new products, and new delicious tastes as we hope uh, to do to your kitchen. And these are products from International Collection. The applications, the qualities, the nutritional benefits, hand-picked selection of the world's finest Gourmet oils can be found at internationalcollection.co.uk on the shelves of Bristol Farms in your favorite supermarket. Okay, Sharon, with our time difference, you go have a glass of wine, right? Because it's <laughs> nighttime and just the perfect time for you. We'll continue the show and we'll hope to see you again soon. Thank you very much for having me back on. It's been a pleasure. Thank yes. you. Oh, a pleasure, thank you. Sharon. Thank you. By the way, you can always find International Collection on Twitter. You can follow them. Just search their name. Sharon, say that word for us. Twitter. Yeah, it sounds so pretty when you say it. <laughs> Thank you again, Sharon. We loved having you. There's a whole nother hour of delicious conversation in your radio coming up. You're going to hear from Arun Puri. He is the chef and proprietor of Royal Khyber Fine Indian Cuisine. And if you've ever wanted to recreate an Indian dish at home, your garam masala spice blend is just minutes away. So stay tuned. Also coming up at 930, she is the brain doctor wife, brain doctor and surgeon Dr. Daniel Amen, known from his PBS success, will join us. Tana has a new cookbook and you're going to want to hear about all these brain healthy spices that will make you thinner, smarter and happier just by adding a single ingredient to your dishes. We can do that, right? Um, for Joyce, who wrote in, we appreciate your listening. She's making a beer batter one to one, a cup of all purpose flour and eight ounces or an equivalent liquid cup measurement of Guinness beer and I mentioned fish and chips which evidently made Joyce hungry Lana so I wanted to answer her question and let her know that cod or halibut are your best picks specifically cod if you're making fish and chips at home also for Elizabeth who called in you can make kale chips at home I love the package stuff but better to make it fresh take a head of kale wash it and thoroughly dry it cut out the stems cut it into bite-sized pieces drizzle with olive oil and a little bit of salt because you're going to dehydrate the kale. It's like kale popcorn at 300 degrees for about 20-25 minutes until you have crisp kale chips. Elizabeth, we hope yours turn out deliciously and we encourage everyone to support the Chalk Follies. Our dear friend Gloria Zigner once again at the helm raising money over a million dollars for Chalk Hospital. Chalk Follies is in its 15th year and tickets are available now. Please go to Chalk Follies, C-H-O C-F-O-L-L-I-E-S dot org. We love supporting philanthropic organizations and we will see you there. But there's a whole nother hour, as I said, coming up. We're loading your plate with more ideas and recipes and tips that are easy to make and hard not to love. So stay tuned. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana, KFWB News Talk 980. Welcome to the second hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now.
Welcome back. Dedicated to delicious dishes, the conversation continues. Do you have adventurous taste? Do you love Indian food? Well, I do. Indian cuisine is popular all over the world. It's one of the most unique and original cuisines of the world. And what I love is that you can find Indian restaurants in almost every country in the world. Very well known for its sophisticated and subtle use of spices and herbs and flavorings. And impressively, a large portion of Indian food is vegetarian as well. In fact, a third of the population of India is vegetarian. If you have ever wanted to recreate your favorite Indian dish at home, now is your chance. We are going to teach you a garam masala blend from your pantry and how to make the proper ghee. And who better to learn it from than the gentleman who is the chef proprietor along with his wife celebrating 30 years of fine Indian cuisine. Royal Khyber, Fine Indian Cuisine at South Coast Plaza Village is celebrating their 30th anniversary and there's a $30 prefix dinner through March that you will not want to miss. But even as good as that, Arun joins us live. He is Arun Puri of Royal Khyber and his, he is here to talk about authentic, fabulous Indian cuisine. And we're so glad to have you, Arun. Good morning. Good morning, Chef Jamie. It is a pleasure to be on your show. Well, thank you. you. (laughs) We're doing well, both Lana and I. Very excited to talk with you. Uh, Lana most recently had a wonderful lunch that I was very saddened to miss. Oh, I cannot wait to go back. But you ate for me, right? Uh, Yes, I did. (laughs) Chef, didn't I have enough for both of us? (laughs) Well, we missed you, though. Yeah, well, thank you. I I felt missed, although I enjoyed very much the lentil soup that you sent home, Arun. I love Mm. that flavor, and we'll get to talking about lentils. But this was an extraordinary lunch, Mm. Lana, that highlighted really the best of what Arun has uh, made and mastered over so many years. My favorite, favorite was the cranberry goat cheese tandoori naan. Oh. which was just divine. Yes, that, that, is, uh, that is what we started about a couple of years ago, uh, originally for the parties that we do catering parties. Mm. So everybody loved it. So now we are putting it on a ex- uh, regular menu. Oh, how marvelous. And the butter chicken and lamb shanks. And mm. I could go on and on. And oh. you had tikka masala, I know. Oh, oh <laughs> and you had all of my favorites. like And, and the chili and sea bass. And the <gasps> doll and the oh. eggplant. Yes. Memories and the yes. warm eggplant salad. Let's talk about that because in this warm eggplant salad, Arun mentioned he uses mango powder and black salt. Arun, this is something I think Lana's very right. We should we should start or kick off with, and that is you have always sort of refined the interpretation of Indian classics. So start with your eggplant salad, mango powder, as in a powdered form of the dried fruit. That is correct. Actually, this uh, eggplant salad, uh, um, I developed it, oh, I think about seven, eight years ago, because my wife kept saying that on Sunday brunch, uh, we need to have um, a different kind of salad and still very Indian. Uh, You know, Indian, usually, um, Indian food does not have many kinds of salads. So anyway, uh, I started uh, thinking about it, and we developed this one where we get the eggplant and we cut into small pieces and um, uh, deep fry it and completely soak out all the oil of it. By, by the way, we only use oil, the three kind of fats we use in the oil kyber is um, soybean oil, uh, olive oil, and ghee, uh, which we'll talk about it later down the line, Yes, I think. Uh, so, uh, and then we take this um, eggplant, warm eggplant, and... Mm. 
toss into toss with julian uh, red bell pepper red onions and a little mint and a little serrano chili pepper and a chaat masala chaat masala is uh, a blend of five spices and two of them are the mango dried mango powder and black salt uh, these two create a very unique flavor incidentally black salt we use quite often in the various tangy you know, preparation and is also um, very digestive uh, actually uh, back home in india and ayurvedic medicine they use that to cure some of your stomach indigestion situation so yes that is what we developed and we started introducing on sunday and in the parties and now uh, it became very very interesting and popular and then we put it in the menu right and it became years. everyone's favorite yes it is it is everybody's favorite i love the idea of learning about a new spice that you might be able to add to your signature dishes at home and on arun's website there is a list of all of the spices and herbs that they use at Royal Khyber. And mango powder is listed there, Arun. And you say that like dried ginger, it's available in dried pieces or ground into powder. And the sour mangoes are used. They're dried in the summer sun. And then this is a flavor that's used for its bitterness, its sourness, its acidity. And you can add it to your chutneys. You could add it to your spice blends or you could mix it into the salad. So with the richness of the fried eggplant and the bite of the mango powder and the freshness of the red bell pepper and the bite of the red onion, you really get a beautiful mouthfeel of all of the senses. That made me so hungry, Arun. I can't even tell you. Um, you know, you, you just explained it so nicely, and I kept thinking, is it the same one that you make? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, and is. the herbaceousness of the mint, again, mm. adding yes. that heightened flavor. And, uh, Chef, your buttered chicken that you do and the sauce that you uh, start with ghee? Well, this is uh, our uh, signature item, and is probably the most uh, popular among all, whether you are Indian or non-Indian, or it doesn't matter where you're from, this children, adults, they love, everybody loves the sauce. This is, uh, the sauce is a universally um, like, uh, it's a basic simple sauce, which we make with uh, ghee. We do not use butter per se. We take the butter and make ghee out of it. Right, but and the then, name butter chicken, Arun, I mean, how could you not like something yeah. called butter chicken? Butter chicken. And then we uh, make a sauce with fresh tomatoes, fresh garlic, fresh ginger, a little touch of serrano chili pepper. And um, we make that one. It takes about four hours, so three and a half, four hours to prepare mm -hmm. the sauce. It's like um, any other good gravy or sauce. And then we have butter chicken is what we take uh, the chicken, um, whole chicken. We take the fat off of it, uh, no skin, no fat. Um, make cuts on it, marinate it for about six to eight hours, and then cook in uh, mesquite-fired, mesquite charcoal-fired tandoor, which is the clay oven. Yes. And our Indian cuisine... Uh, actually, you can distinction between the other cuisines because our cooking equipment is the tandoor, which is uh, equivalent to the, the oven we use in the contemporary uh, cuisines here. But the interesting thing is that in the, when you cook in the tandoor, in the mesquite-fired charcoal tandoor, there are three kinds of cooking happening simultaneously, uh, which is baking, uh, because it's about 400 degrees plus temperature in there, mm -hmm. grilling, because the cook is very close to the uh, charcoal, live charcoal, 
um, is getting grilled. And then when the fat and marination which drops onto the charcoal, it creates smoke. Mm. So that smoke gets back to the, the meat you're cooking, in this case, chicken. So mm. this is the flavor of authentic tandoori cuisine, mm. which is not, which I, even I tried for 30 years to duplicate in any other way, but it, I couldn't do it. The only way I can do it is if it is mesquite-fired um, charcoal, not in gas tandoor. Gas tandoor is, uh, you know, it's just like cooking in an oven. But right. Uh, this mm. is, uh, and then you take that chicken and toss into that butter chicken sauce. Oh. We call it chicken tikka masala sauce or a butter chicken sauce. Yes. The slight difference is that <laughs> we have a little bit extra ghee in there, which is what uh, makes it butter chicken. And traditionally, uh, back home, we use bone-in tandoori chicken. Uh, Keeps the, the chicken moist. It's not most moist. Yes. Got, uh, more flavor to it. Uh, but here we do it boneless. That's what we call it, chicken tikka masala. Yes. But bone-in, uh, boneless chicken, we make for butter chicken here in Royal Khyber. Uh, we take the tandoori chicken and debone it um, mm. by hand and then toss it to it mm-hmm. so that we have the dark meat and the white meat and all the marrow and the gelatin all there together into the butter chicken sauce. Mm. It's okay. a marvelous dish. It is. And while Chef says that we can't recreate it exactly at home, we have to go to Royal Khyber for butter chicken, we can <laughs> learn the fundamentals of Indian cuisine. So in order to make proper ghee at home, when we come back, Arun, if you would give us a step-by-step, we will Absolutely. be making the it's Indian very ghee. It's very interesting. Good. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, your homemade ghee at home and a garam masala blend that will allow you to recreate the flavors that you love from fine Indian cuisine. Arun Puri of Royal Khyber Restaurant. I'm Chef Jamie. And along with Lana, of course, the delicious conversation continues right after this. We're adding spice to your life with this Indian-inspired conversation. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana and Arun Puri, the chef proprietor of Royal Khyber Restaurant at South Coast Plaza Village, South Coast Plaza in Orange County in Costa Mesa, celebrating their 30th anniversary of authentic, fabulous Indian cuisine and teaching you some of the secrets to Indian cuisine at home. Arun, I posted on my Facebook page where you can always find me on Facebook and Twitter, by the way, under Chef Jamie Gwen. Gwen, and we're always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. Arun, I posted on my Facebook page a mention that you were here with us, and Michelle wrote in and wanted to know if you teach cooking classes on Indian cuisine. Arun, are you there? Yes, but a little ah. bit no. Um, I <laughs> used to do that uh, up till about eight years ago. We stopped for a while. And then we moved into the new location, which is a little smaller restaurant compared to my original one in Newport Beach, which was very large. Yes. And uh, so it's a lack of space uh, because whenever we tried to do it, uh, we ended up having 30, 25 to 30 uh, people who were interested at the time. And uh, that's why I couldn't do it. But I plan to restart it very shortly. Okay, good. Well, if you'll keep Mm. us abreast of your class schedule and maybe... Oh, do let us know and we'll let everyone else know. I was going to say, we could find a way to spread the word. Yes. (laughs) Oh, we wouldn't want to miss it. Uh, Arun, by the way, of Royal Khyber has been rated Best Indian Food of Orange County, Best Restaurant of the Year, and been given the Gold Award by the Southern California Restaurant Writers Association. Um, Take us back to ghee, Arun. If we want to make our own ghee at home, how do we do it? Uh, Ghee is, uh, to make ghee is very simple. Just to let you know, it's a a class of a clarified butter. Right. Uh, What you do is this one. 
uh, take a small um, medium-sized stainless steel cooking vessel, put butter in there, regular butter. Are you using unsalted sweet butter, unsalted chef? Unsalted sweet butter. Good. And then you start it with a medium-high heat. Butter gets melted, and as it gets melted, then you uh, bring the heat down to simmering. You will see it starts having that little froth at the top. Keep cooking, and the froth will get thinner, uh, slowly, slowly get thinner. Stir it occasionally, and it will have a pale yellow color. When you get to the pale yellow color, then you bring it to the low heat, very as low as you can get there. Be at that time, what you're trying to do is to evaporate all the moisture out of it, and all the solid will start settling down at the bottom. And at the end, uh, when it becomes golden color, golden yellow color, and fragrant, very fragrant actually, translucent, ghee is ready. Normally, it takes us in Royal Khyber, we make about 20 pounds of butter ghee, at, and butter converted to ghee at time. Takes me about a little over hour and a half or so, and one and then when it's ready, you can cool it, and semi cool it, and you can you need to um, sieve it and filter it out so that all the top yellow, uh, the golden color fat comes out and the solids are all screened out. Uh, put into airtight container. Mm-hmm. Leave it at room temperature. It can stay at room temperature for six months or more, as long as there's no moisture is touching. So that's the interesting part about ghee versus the traditional French approach to clarified butter. When you make clarified butter uh, to sauté, uh, you know, whether it be uh, fish or chicken, if you're using clarified butter to make a hollandaise or a bernaise, you cook it just until the water is pretty much evaporated and then you separate the solids and you have what they call clarified butter. But in the Indian style, as Arun just uh, described, you go far longer in the process, about an hour or hour and a half or so, as he said, until all the water is evaporated and then you have a shelf-stable or a uh, non-perishable butter and and that becomes the base with a different flavor profile of many of the Indian dishes we love. And in addition, just to add to that, uh, this ghee is actually is commonly known back home in India. We call it the golden fat of Ayurveda medicine. Ayurveda medicine, which is apparently you know almost ten thousand years old, where the um, doctors who train themselves go to school like we do here for seven years to get become a physician, Ayurvedic physician. They treat many, many diseases, and ghee is one of the very important ingredients in their um, therapy. Um, the ghee, uh, uh, we use it in our cuisine very regularly in Royal Khyber. I love the ghee myself, mm. all my parathas and dal and the spinach and the eggplant. Uh, upon request, we keep everything to that one. made with the ghee. Of course, I always make my own request. So <laughs> There's a wonderful that. health aspect of Indian cuisine and that I love. Thing, one more interesting thing about the ghee, uh, yeah, Chef? Chef Jamie, is that it is, uh, uh, you require only one-third the quantity by weight uh, to give the same fatty feeling or the fat, fat feeling. So you're uh, using less fat, essentially, but you're gaining more flavor, which is wonderful. Chef, we're going to be short on time, so I want to move on to garam masala, uh, uh-huh. creating your own blends at home, because it's all about dry roasting the spices, right? Yes, yes. We make our own garam masala. You can make it at home. Very simple. 
Um, I can give you quickly the ingredients you may want to use. Yes, please. Um, You start, and all these are in different ratios of your own taste and choice. But let's say we start with the black peppercorn, maybe black or white. Have cloves, cinnamon sticks, mace blades, black and white cumin seeds, either one or both Mm -hmm. if you have available. Cardamom, very important, which we use a lot in our Indian cuisine. Cardamom, very flavorful pot with a seed inside and has oil in there. Cardamom oil we use in our desserts. We use it as a garam masala. Mm-hmm. We use it in tea. When you come to Royal Khyber, you have your masala chai. You will have that. So it's a many, and many, many um, um, uses of that. Then nutmeg, coriander seed. This is primarily which I use there, and we put it into um, a a tray and then roast it uh, in an oven at a low, t- very low temperature. And once uh, you get roasted, you grind it, you grind it, and then you put it in the airtight uh, container. And, and you have your own homemade garam masala. Mm. Normally, people you know, call it curry powder order also, uh, but curry powder uh, is uh, when people add less expensive, maybe cheaper uh, spices and mix it together. We uh, never used uh, commercial curry powder, but uh, garam masala is to your taste. It, different parts of India will have their different recipe about it. I'm and going uh, to I'm going to master Arun my own garam masala. I've decided <laughs> during the month of March at home, and I'm going to have to come in and bring Lana and Matt and you know a few other friends, and we're going to have to eat a lot of Royal Kyber cuisine to make sure that my flavor profile is right on point. What do you think, Lana? That's a don't Very think, good uh, research project, don't you think? Most definitely, in the 14-hour <laughs> lamb shank. Yes, okay, we'll have the 14-hour lamb shank. I want to mention that at Royal Kyber, Monday through Friday, there is a two-course lunch with lentil soup and a choice of entree for $10 per person. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Royal Kyber, you can actually dine all through the month of March for dinner on a three three-course menu, excuse me, including a glass of wine for $30 a person. We will meet you at Royal Kyber. Oh, can't is, wait. Oh, some of the best Indian cuisine you will have anywhere in the world. And Arun, we congratulate you and Ermil, and we hope that you'll come back on the radio again. We have uh, more lentil conversation to have and karahi sauce, and we'll continue our development of Indian cuisine at home. That'll be a wonderful pleasure. Just to add in the three-course dinner, yes. we are doing that. We also have our most popular item, like the butter chicken. You can have a choice of those: butter chicken, lamb shank, and vegetarian dishes. Okay, I want all of them. <laughs> Just so you know, uh, Northern Indian cuisine, authentic, sophisticated, in a beautiful environment. You can find a rune puri at Royal Kyber. When we come back, we're making you thinner, smarter, and healthier with brain healthy dishes. Tana Amen, the brain doctor's wife, right after this. Arun, again, thank you. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, be right back. Okay, for this next conversation, you can thank me later. Chef Jamie, along with Lana in your radio, KFWB News Talk 980. Do you want to be thinner, happier, or smarter? Or do you want to be all three? 
Do you want to improve your energy level and lose weight? Well, then listen up. She's just completed her third cookbook called Eat Healthy with the Brain Doctor's Wife. Tana Amen is very often stopped in her community because she is the Brain Doctor's Wife. She is the wife of Dr. Daniel Amen, world-renowned neuroscientist, and the PBS success that shares his 28 best-selling New York Times-rated books all about how if your brain is healthy, then your body is better. If your body is better, then your weight is in check. If your weight is in check, then your energy level is high. And Tana truly believes that that has so much to do with the food that you and I and she eats. She graduated from Loma Linda University with a bachelor's degree in nursing. She has a passion for health and fitness. Uh, Watch out because she has a black belt in Taekwondo as well and she'll kick your butt. And we love that because she's keeping her family focused on fitness and health. And she joins us to celebrate her new cookbook, Eat Healthy with the Brain Doctor's Wife, live. Good morning, Tana. Good morning. How are you, Jamie? We're doing great, thank you. And you? Wonderful. Lana and I have loved reading through the new book. Congratulations. You can change your brain with food, right? Absolutely. Okay, so the less sugar in your diet, the better. I think that's one of the first things that I learned from you and Dr. Amen and definitely one of the drives of this book. Yes, I mean, absolutely. And there's, there's a biological reason that people are driven to eat sugar. And if you understand that, then, you know, it's very helpful. Um, you know, sugar feeds your brain and it gives you energy. But it's, you know, in our society now, we, we mass produce sugar and it's processed. And so there's, weight, there's things you can do to help curb those cravings and, and naturally feed your body in healthier ways. And that's what we want to do. That's the message. Okay, because what else processed would... processed sugars and in massive amounts are not good for you. Right. And so we know that if we get rid of sugar, there might be a few other things. I'm being facetious intentionally. I know there are other things you want us to try to lessen in our diets. Well, there are many things that you should lessen, but... The message that we try to give people is not to just take things out of your diet because we are not creatures of deprivation. So rather than just removing things, we want to replace them. So, you know, removing sugar, removing um, processed foods, fried fats, um, you know, a lot of these things, too excess salt, but you want to replace them with healthy things. And that's, that's the message is this is not about deprivation. This is about abundance. Okay, and so let's let's talk. It is fun. I mean, I have to tell you, I read through the coaching guide last night. I had already looked through the cookbook with Lana. We had chosen recipes. We we're going to make minestrone soup. I'm trying to clean up some of my diet because when I dine out, and as a professional chef, Tana, you know, I mean, I've sat and, and dined with you and Dr. Amen. It's a challenge for me. I love to eat. I love to cook. I, I love well, and, to taste and, other chefs' food. Right, and, and one thing we want to point out to people because people think, oh, I have to cut all of this stuff out and it's so hard you know one of the things that people don't understand because they think they have to cut all the fats out i mean human beings are driven to eat fat we we, you know they're they're driven to eat fat and there's a reason for that but what i want to point out to people is you need fat you actually need fat and you can't lose weight without fat so i don't want i don't want to scare people we want you to eat fat i probably eat 40 to 50 percent fat in my diet but it comes from nuts and seeds coconut oil avocados fish you know, you're not going to be deprived if you're eating the right types of foods. You will be so satisfied, and it tastes so good if you do it right. So, I mean, I eat a ton of coconut, and coconut is loaded with fat. 
Right. Okay. So I'm reading through the coaching guide and the cookbook and I'm learning how to use these healthy alternatives that you mentioned. And I want to mention a couple of them. And Lana doesn't know that I'm about to mention this to her, but you, Lana, are right in line with the Amons because last week we made chocolate chip cookies. Sorry, Tana. She did. They were fabulous. But do you know what they had in addition to chocolate chips? cocoa nibs mm-hmm. and one of right. the replacement if you could really sort of wean off the chocolate chips and make an all cocoa nib cookie Lana right. Tana would be mm-hmm. very happy one of the healthy alternatives is in and in the cookbook eat healthy with the brain doctor's wife is to replace chocolate chips with raw cocoa nibs you right. get actually half the amount of fat and sugar as chocolate Right, and what, you know, um, sometimes people are surprised, you know, I'll call it cacao and they have no idea what I'm talking about. It really is, it's cocoa and cacao, they're the same thing. But people will refer to it sometimes as cacao in the unprocessed form. And the reason, you know, cacao or cocoa, um, when it's unprocessed, is extremely healthy for you. It's one of the strongest antioxidants on the planet. And you say also another replacement, replace sugar with stevia. So if we... Stevia is... One of the well, it actually is the only sweetener not known to raise blood sugar at all and have health benefits. All of the other sweeteners not only still raise blood sugar to some degree, but if they don't, even if they don't, they have um, they're not good for you. There's something about them that is actually very detrimental to your health. Okay, here's another and my last replacement before we get to the spices you can add to your foods that will make your brain better. And if I could add a teaspoon of cinnamon to everything, then we'd all be better off. Cinnamon's um, amazing. Yeah I, know, yeah, I know you love cinnamon. Replace pasta with shirataki noodles. So oh. I have spent the last three days looking at this miracle noodle and yes. would love if you would tell everyone about it. One of my greatest finds and one of the things, my favorite things to pass on to people um, my favorite brand of shirataki noodles is Miracle Noodle. Now, shirataki noodles are a noodle that come from the root of the Koniaku emo plant, not important to really know, but it's a yam-like plant. They are pure fiber. Okay, so they may take a little getting used to initially. They come packaged in sort of a, it's like a, a little a watery substance, so you need to rinse them and boil them. Even though the package says you can eat them right out of, out of the package, my suggestion is you boil them for three minutes. It looks like they're floating in water. Right. So mm-hmm. my suggestion is you boil them for three minutes to get rid of the salty taste when they first come out of the package. Um, and they, they do have a slightly different texture than noodles, but they're worth getting used to. And the reason I say that, noodles are pure carbohydrates, and they raise your blood sugar radically, quickly, because they, they quickly turn to sugar whereas the shirataki noodles are the opposite. They are pure fiber, so the few calories they have um, are not digestible. They go right through you. They bind to sugar. So for diabetics, this is amazing. For Mm -hmm. someone insulin-resistant, they are great because they bind to sugar. They actually lower blood sugar. You can eat as many of them as you want, and they're going to fill you up. Now, my favorite brand is Miracle Noodle, and the reason why is because some shirataki noodles have soy in them, and I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of soy. And the Miracle Noodle does not have soy. It's not a soy base. Okay, Lana's mentioned, though, Tana, that she has seen a shirataki noodle available at Bristol Farms. Yes, so yeah, we I made can... them. 25 calories, it said on the package. That That's was the noodle. The soy ba- you have to mm-hmm. know if they're the soy base or not. But the ones like the Miracle Noodles, I believe they have 9 calories, and those 9 oh. calories are non-digestible. Wow. Because they're pure fiber. Amazing. Interesting. Yeah. They were okay. delicious. The I remember. 25 calories. Mm-hmm. The soy-based ones actually do taste a little better. Mm-hmm. That's why they add the soy. Um, but they are not pure fiber. 
So unfortunately, that's the bad news. I, I like the Miracle Noodle because they have no soy. They do not. There's no. There's nothing in them that's going to turn to sugar. They will go right through you. We're giving you, it sounds amazing, and I remember Lana making a package of a similar noodle, and so I'm going to attempt to cook with them at home, too. There's this incredible testimonial on a website from a great Italian cook that says she's learned to make all of her Italian dishes with this noodle. Well, even my eight-year-old likes them. I was just going to say, does Chloe like them? She does. Now, like I said, you know, the first time my family had them, they were like, okay, these are different. They didn't Hmm. dislike them. They were just like, okay, it's different. But if you put sauce over them, you're not really going to, you know, you need sauce over them. I'm not going to say that you can eat them with butter and they're going to taste the same. <laughs> but you shouldn't be eating noodles with butter anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> It's all about acclimating to right. a lifestyle that makes you healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's really what we all aspire to. Um, the brain-healthy spices, Tana. Yes. Just throw out a few that we could add to our dishes and really benefit our bodies. Oh, my gosh. Well, you mentioned cinnamon. Okay, mm-hmm. so cinnamon is one of my favorites, and we're Lebanese, and Lebanese put cinnamon in everything. It's very good for your memory, I it, understand. It's great for your memory, and it's an aphrodisiac for men. Not that most men need much help, but it, it's supposed to be an aphrodisiac for men. Um, Bring so it, it on. It's great. It's great um, that we love that. We put it in everything. And it's good for attention, for boosting attention. So if you have ADD, this is a good one. Hmm. And then saffron. Saffron is fabulous. And that also improves memory, but it's been shown in studies to be as effective as antidepressant medication. Wow, to support um, mood boosts, they say. and I live in a community that has a lot of Persian people, and I have lots of Persian friends. And it's funny because they have a joke that if if their friends are too happy, they know they've been eating too much saffron. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's really cute. Tana, pause there. When we come back, more of the brain-healthy spices that you can organize your spice cabinet to create better dishes and eat healthy with the Brain Doctor's Wife. Recipes from the cookbook posted at chefjamie.com and spoken about next. Stay with us. Throughout her neighborhood, Tana Amen is referred to as the brain doctor's wife. So she coaches everyone that crosses her path on the principles of the Amen solution. And everyone is getting fabulous results. We are delighted to have Tana Amen in your radio once again. Uh, she is the wife of Dr. Daniel Amen, PBS superstar, and with his newest book, is it number 28 now, Tana? No, it's actually number 30. 30, <laughs> excuse me, I've lost count. Um, just made the New York Times bestseller list. It just released two weeks ago, been on the list two weeks. And understandable why, uh, because the brain doctor is keeping us healthy and slim and feeling fabulous. And Tana is doing so through food. Her recipes are filled with brain-healthy herbs and spices. They're geared to help you lose weight and boost brain function and overall health. And the new cookbook is called Eat Healthy with the Brain Doctor's Wife. And Tana, you mentioned uh, saffron and cinnamon. And if you would throw out one more when it comes to brain-healthy spices. Yes, curry is another one that I love to cook with and, um, and turmeric. They're potent antioxidants, anti-inflammatory agents that decrease, um, they've been shown to decrease plaques that are thought to be responsible for Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, I mean, so much so that they're now putting these in supplements like crazy. And, you know, we just had Arun Puri from Royal Kyber on, and we were talking about your own garam masala, which in many ways is an, ex- uh, an extended version, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, of a very basic curry. So I would think you'd be an advocate of vegetarian Indian cuisine. Absolutely. 
And the only, yeah, as long as you're not adding a ton of the, the fats and things, I, I definitely am. And that's actually how they started studying some of these um, spices is because they're wondering how are these people living forever. So, right. um, and and know, they are. That's right. Yeah. And, and curry, turmeric, um, they're just amazing. You uh, shared kindly recipes with us from the cookbook. We've posted them at chefjamie.com. And the first one, the amazing apple cinnamon chicken salad, I think is the the simplest, most wonderful way to consider that you can add the Amen solution goal and focus of brain health through food, spices, energy, lifestyle very, very simply to your diet or your repertoire or your menus. Everybody makes chicken salad. If you have a rotisserie chicken in the fridge or some chicken breasts right now or you're heading to the market to plan uh, and shop for the week, then why shouldn't we all add some cinnamon, some pecans, uh, some raisins, and some apple to our what I call a fall harvest chicken salad just like yours? Exactly. And, you know, I pay less attention to the rules of cooking and more attention to opportunities to add amazing nutrients for my family. And I sort of consider myself a nutritional architect for my family. Hmm. And um, contrary to popular belief, I don't really have a lot of time to cook. <laughs> so for me, this has to be simple. And that's why a lot of these recipes are things I can put together quickly, but they're very nutritious. And I avoid those things. I avoid sugar and I avoid a lot of carbs. So this is the perfect combination of protein and the right carbs. It's, it's loaded with vegetables and the proper proportions of protein and healthy fat. You also make a chipino, which I find very impressive. That sounds completely indulgent. And if you can make it in a, a reasonably healthy style, we can uh, eat plenty of it. Right, but loaded with EPA, DHA, and right. the, the herbs and spices again. And then talk to us, if you would, about avocado. I mean, you preach avocado. Avocado comes out of your skin. I, I know that you are a huge avocado lover. I, I love it. I even make an avocado gelato. It's an ice cream that's made basically with avocado. Okay, so. that's where I was going. So yeah. one of the healthy substitutes or alternatives um, in Tana's new book is that you should replace ice cream with avocado gelato. Really? Really. My, okay. The kids have no idea when I make it. You know, I'm the weird mom, so I have to come up with some solutions so that my daughter's friends don't just, you know, they want to still come over. And you can literally make ice cream with an avocado base, add some, again, the raw cacao powder. Right. And just a tiny bit of raw honey, not a lot. All right, I want to talk through the recipe, if you don't mind. You start with three avocados. Right. And you open up your blender, take the top off, right? Right. And you put in three avocados and a quarter cup of coconut butter. Right. Available at the health food store? Yes. We're going to try to get it on the shelf at Bristol Farms. It comes in a jar. Right. Okay. Then you add a quarter cup of honey. Or agave or rice syrup for the vegans. Right. You add sugar-free chocolate protein powder. Lana, we have that. Mm-hmm. And, and that is simply so that, because I think you need to have a little bit of protein with, you know, so you're balancing it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two tablespoons of raw cacao powder. Right. Or raw cocoa powder, however you find it. Right. Half a cup of almond milk. Right. You are anti-dairy, we know. So right. almond milk is our substitution. Some coconut flakes. The, and the coconut flakes are a sprinkle over the top if you, that's optional. Oh, right? okay, good. So, and everything else just in the blender, blended until smooth. That's it. Simple. And then That's you freeze it. 
and then you freeze it. And so then another thing, the other option with this is that you can put them in those little um, popsicle, you know, they, they form popsicles and you put a stick in them. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. like a, a popsicle maker. Oh, you make a avocado gelato wickles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And my daughter loves these and all of her friends love these. They okay. have no idea they are eating avocados. You recommend that you pour it into a, a cookie sheet or even yeah, a, a glass sheet, and you can just pan. cut them, and they'll just you know they'll just sit there and eat them with a fork, or they'll pick them up and make a mess. And does it taste like avocado? I'm nope, making it for you dessert do not tonight. Taste the avocado, I promise. Okay, tonight is um, girls' night. It's Scrabble night, Tana, and I am going to pay honor to you with avocado gelato for dessert. Yeah, these and the goji nut truffles in this mm. book are the two top. Every time I make them. Um, I've made many of the desserts, and these are the top two. Okay, tell us about the goji nut truffles. I can't let you go before you've disclosed that recipe. Yeah, that one is in this book as well. Right. And that one um, is another one that's it's so easy. It takes 15 minutes, and it literally, it's loaded with superfoods. Again, it's got the cacao. It's got, that one has um, cacao butter as well. That's what holds it together. It's got goji powder, goji berries, um, cacao nibs. Uh, again, it's got some protein powder. A little bit of honey. A little bit of honey. And you put it in a food processor. It, it, it's just it's so easy. And then you freeze them so that mm. the cacao butter will hold it together. And then you can take them out for a few minutes so that they're a little bit softer. Or my daughter likes them hard. But I prefer taking them out for a few minutes before you serve them. And, they're, and you, these are great because you can go hiking with them. But here's what's interesting. When you're eating things, they're, they're calorie dense, so you don't really want a ton of them. But people don't end up wanting a lot of them because when your body gets the proper nutrition and it's getting this, this, uh, an abundance of superfoods and the right ratio of protein and fat, and you find that you're satisfied. And, and that's really what it, it's about. It's about satiation. And we're right. always looking for that. A couple bites of sweet satisfies my sweet tooth. And I can move on without being overwhelmed by the cravings. Right. So what's interesting is that your body, um, you know, and it's different for everybody, but it's about satisfying because if you don't eat right, then your, your neurotransmitters are off and your hormones are off. But when you balance the hormones and the neurotransmitters, you're happy. Yes. You're satisfied. And, and that's what we want to have, the body and mind that we've always wanted. You have once again made Dr. Amen proud, Tana. I know, wherever he is in the world, uh, he is um, so delighted that we once again spoke about his solutions, his directives. If you've never seen what the Amen clinics do and the before and after photos and what people say about how they actually have a life ahead of them now, it is amazing. And you really should check out uh, Dr. Daniel Amen and Tana Amen and her newest cookbook, Eat Health with the brain doctor's wife. Uh, Tana, I posted on Facebook that you were coming on and I mentioned that you were going to talk about healthy and happy recipes. Yes. And, <laughs> thank you. And they, they do. They make us healthy mm-hmm. and happy and, and you do as well, Tana. Thank you for spending the time. Congratulations on the new cookbook along with the coaching guide. I'm really committed to following uh, your eating plan and I'm going to let you know how a typical day of Tana nutrition works for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. As always. Thank you very much. We send you our best.
and to Chloe and Daniel too. And we hope that you'll continue to listen as the delicious conversation happens every Sunday morning beginning at 8 a.m. for two full hours. Next Sunday, please join us. We have a great lineup. We are going to give you some tips on pouring the perfect cup of Joe. How can you make your morning fix better at home? Also, Sam Merritt, the beer sommelier, is going to join us because we're planning for a very celebratory St. Patrick's Day. Everything you wanted to know about new IPAs. Mike Cody of Bar Harbor telling us about the state of seafood coming out of Maine. And you'll hear Sarah Moulton all about her new iPad app, all about what she believes is the ultimate weeknight meal. And I'm very excited to have Sarah back on the show. So we hope that you will join us. And we thank you for listening, of course. Thank you to Bristol Farms, Melissa's Produce, Paul Martins for making this show happen. Don't forget those specials at Bristol Farms. Co-host Salmon at 50% off now through Tuesday. Don't miss it. And check out the website at chefjamie.com for recipes galore, videos, and more. You can see what's cooking online. Again, we're serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. Thank you, Lana. As always, a fabulous show. Until next Sunday, I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. Thanks for listening to KFWB News Talk 980. I hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.